Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Welcome to Books Make the Best Christmas Gifts. We've got the Newcastle Libraries team around the table today, so when you get into the bookshop this Christmas, we'll help you pick a winner. Thank you so much for joining us to hear all about what books you should be buying or borrowing for your kids this Christmas. Lots of people love books but get confused when it comes to making a decision. We're here to make it easy for you because we've read them all. We've really got the best job in the world, I think. We can meet people and talk to them about books. But coming up to Christmas, lots of people go into a bookstore and wonder, what book do I pick for my child? So we're going to be talking about that a little bit this afternoon. Looking forward to hearing what your recommendations. So we might start with Marla, first of all. Marla, what what have been one of your exciting books that you'd pick for children this year? Sure, well I've got a few ideas Carol. One of my top picks for this year if you're looking for something funny and entertaining and a little bit gross which is always going to be a hit with our preschool age kids uh, is Your Birthday Was the Best which is by Maggie Hutchings and an Australian writer and Felicita Sala. So this story is about a birthday party uh, so it's got lots of fun illustrations and cakes and party games but the guest of honour at this birthday party is actually a cockroach uh, who thinks it's been invited, is very happy to be coming to the party but uh, it comes as somewhat as a surprise to the birthday boy that a cockroach is coming along. So it's a hilarious narrator. So it's first person narrator is a cockroach. It's playing along with all the games and it gets so tired from eating all the party food that it falls asleep on the birthday cake. And um, the party boy is very excited to see the cockroach when the cockroach wakes up. This is the cockroach's perspective, of course. <laughs> um, and we have this these wonderful sort of um, illustrations that show sequences of things and then this huge close-up of this screaming boy's face. And then the baby sister, of course, tries to eat the cockroach off the cake. Oh, yum. Oh, gross. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but I'm sure kids will absolutely love that book. Yeah, and the cockroach then goes on this wonderful journey because the vacuum cleaner comes out and Dad saves the day and uh, the cockroach is reunited with all of its lost family members in the wheelie bin. So they have a lovely, lovely time catching up and there's all sorts of wonderful things to eat in there like old cheese and toenails and cat poo. So (laughs) (laughs) they're drinking poo pop at one stage. Oh, great. So there's... Just enough scatological humour in there to to keep the story rolling along. Um, But it's a very conscientious cockroach and it's worried that the boy's going to miss it so it makes its way back to the party. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I wonder if it's got a deeper meaning and something else that we can glean from the story. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. It's... um I, I think that the um, the manners of the cockroach are a, a, a lovely um, touch to the 
the book and they they play off the gross stuff quite well (laughs) fantastic so that's our first recommendation and um yeah we'll rush out and have a look at it and and marla is that actually a picture book or it is a picture book Mm. yeah so i'd say that's perfect for three up to early primary school picture books are fantastic as we know and we all love picture books so yeah fantastic for a wide range of ages actually if you're looking for a surefire christmas gift for the kids this year the Bad Guys by Aaron Blaby topped out for the Newcastle Library's checkouts for kids with 647 checkouts this year. Coming in second was Dave Pilkey's Dogman series with 312 checkouts. And coming up third was Lincoln Pierce with Big Nate at 219 checkouts. So, surefire Christmas gifts. So also we have Joe here. So Joe, what what is your recommendation? My first recommendation is another picture book. It's Three by Stephen Michael King. And Three is a three-legged dog who at the beginning of the story he doesn't have a home, but he is a very happy dog. And he's very happy that he only has three legs because if he had four legs, people might think he was a chair and sit on him (laughs) and that would have been doing good. So we spend the first part of the story exploring different creatures that he sees and he refers to them as a six leg or an eight leg or a long leg or things like that. And then he goes for a big wander and he finds himself in the countryside. So he leaves the city And then he finds himself in a garden with all these other creatures that he's never seen before. And then there is a two-leg who is pretending to be a three-leg just like him. So he meets Fern, who's a little girl who lives out in the country with her mum and her brother. And they adopt him, basically, is the, the happy ending to the story. There's no sad point at all. Like it's all about so three has three legs, but he's not disadvantaged at all, and he just accepts everybody for who they are. He accepts himself as he is, and he's welcomed into the family just for who he is. And there's no there's no mention of it being a disability or you know it's not a problem. It's so very warm and loving and accepting and inclusive. That's a really good message for kids, especially, you know, in the world that we live in at the moment. Yeah, fantastic. And that book, I think, has really resonated with our borrowers this year. It's been the second most popular book uh, borrowed in the library this year. Fantastic. Yeah, Mm. Stephen Michael King has always been a favourite and he seems to love the dog stories, doesn't he? He does. (laughs) You can't go wrong with a dog story. You can't. We might switch back to Marla and just um, find out what your next recommendation is for this year, Marla. Yeah, so we've had so many wonderful books coming out this year all about diversity and inclusion and uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement happening through the year, there's been an explosion in publishing to make up for what's really been um, not a diverse publishing scene in children's picture books. So we're starting to see a lot more beautiful different skin tones coming through, different cultures coming through in our um, in our published children's books. And we've had a lot of books about including, we've had a lot of books about acceptance. So there's been some lovely books about bodies and gender this year such as All Bodies Are Good Bodies by Charlotte Barkler and we've had the Some Boys and Some Girls by Nellie Thomas which is a really great couple of books but my pick out of all these wonderful books this year has been Finding Our Heart 
a story about the Uluru Statement for Young Australians. And that's been written by Thomas Mayer, who is a Torres Strait Island man. And the illustrations are by the artist Black Douglas, who's got Dungati heritage. And this is just a beautiful book to give as a gift. It's big. It's got gorgeous, gorgeous illustrations in it. Black Douglas's art is just amazing and equally as as wonderful for a baby to sort of look through as a primary school child so this is a book that's a real keeper to put Mm. on the bookshelf it's a beautiful book i had a quick look at it and it was amazing love that book and also thought it might make a good gift for someone if you have like a friend or a relative overseas it'd be great one to give a give at this time of year too yeah to explain what's happening in our country so the Uluru statement from the heart came from a convention that was held in 2017 in Arente country in uh, central Australia and Thomas Mayer has written a book for adults about this. This is a a version for children to start to understand what the Statement of the Heart is actually about. So the Statement of the Heart is included in full at the end of the story. But the book itself uh, just explains a lot of really difficult history in a way that's easy for children to understand and to relate to. And there's some really nice things at the end. So there's more information to go into things a bit more in depth with older children. And there's a section about, uh, it's called How You Can Help to Find Our Heart. And there's just some really lovely suggestions in there for things that families can do, such as learning um, what country they're living on, learning some Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander words. And we're really lucky here in Newcastle because we can access um, the Awabakal language. We've got books in our libraries. Uh, we've got children's books as well. So, yeah, I just, I think it's just a stunning, a stunning book uh, and a great gift that's fantastic and it's great to have something that gives young children an introduction to our you know incredible interesting history Mm. books make the best christmas gifts and can inspire people to incredible things you'll be inspired by our exciting array of e-learning and other programs visit the newcastle library's website or app to discover more joe we might switch back to you now just see What's your second choice? My second choice is actually three books. It's a trilogy. So it's the Journey Trilogy by Aaron Becker. They tell the story of a young girl who is bored basically at home and she has a magic red crayon and with it she draws a door into this other kingdom and the colors are so vibrant and they're just gorgeous and there's lots of little details in the pictures I've looked at it many times and I always see something that I haven't seen before and you can talk about what's happening in the picture with any child of any age and they'll always have a new interpretation that you've never thought of. So yeah, so the young girl, she goes into this new kingdom and whatever she draws with her chalk comes to life. So she gets to a river and she goes, oh, I think I need a boat. So she draws a boat and hops in the boat and travels along. And the first one, she rescues a purple bird of some description with a magnificent tail and when she follows it back to the real world in inverted comments she finds a boy who has purple chalk and she's like oh and then they draw a bicycle together and are playing with that in the real world and then the second or the next two books are like a continuation of that story and you couldn't read it in any order it doesn't really matter 
but if you want to do it properly, you'd get a journey first. That sounds really interesting and that's actually a wordless picture book as well, which I think is a really good way to start conversations with children and for people that just want to sit down and talk about something with their child. It's a great way. It's a segue into lots of different things that are happening in their world as well. I think that works on lots of levels, but I love the idea of just imagining using your own, you know, markers and what you can get kids to do and stuff. There's lots of things I can think of. I'm sure Marla's thinking away with ideas. I was just thinking it would be a great gift to give with a box of really nice crayons. I know. But then you've always got the danger that the kids are going to draw on the wall. (laughs) I know that's the first thing I would do if I was a kid. Chalk on the pavement's always a... (laughs) True. Chalk on the pavement's a classic, isn't it? You can always paint over the wall anyway. That's true. Really, I mean, that's the least of your worries, really. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds really interesting, Jo. I love the sound of it and I'd really love to look at that as well. You know, We have them in the library. I will. I'll have a look. So that's the Journey Trilogy. Yeah. And um, Joe, you have any others? I do. And it's a nonfiction book. And I actually have chosen this for all of the age groups. It's the Illustrated Encyclopedia of Ugly Animals and also the Illustrated Encyclopedia of Dangerous Animals by our very own Sammy Bailey. It's my pick. And I hope this isn't a spoiler alert, but I have bought this for all of my nieces and nephews. And my own children. Let's just hope they're not listening. Let's hope moment. they're but, not you know, listening. We won't direct them. <laughs> but that, that yes, I've heard other people talking about that book. I've seen the book and it's so exciting. It is. And love it. Yeah. Just beautiful. So it has uh, full page illustrations done in they're just immaculate detail and they're just beautiful it's got a very classic feel to it like a classic encyclopedia and it has the page of information on one side and the full page illustration on the other and lots of interesting facts she's found some very very interesting fun facts about all of the animals as well as your usual like size and and on each page there's always a little tiny little illustration that shows how big they are compared to a person which my kids find fascinating and I have looked at this with all of my children and my middle child was telling me the other day that at the school library she was there with her friends and they just let it open at a random page and then that animal was her spirit animal (laughs) so her spirit this is 10 spirit animal is the bin chicken the australian iris so it's a lot to live up to really isn't it good old bin chicken i think sammy's done an amazing job on the book and yes definitely her background in natural history illustration has sort of made that book amazing i know and you can learn more about sammy if you go back and listen to the podcast that she did on through the library podcast absolutely yeah so we're really excited to claim sammy as a Novacastrian absolutely (laughs) and I think non-fiction can be great for gifting to children Uh, it can be really hard to especially if it's for a niece or a nephew or a grandchild you might not be sure of what they've read already Um, and picking a story can be a really personal so non-fiction takes a bit of the risk out of that because it it has that broad interest so one of my picks for this year was a non-fiction book called Make Yourself at Home by Signe Torp and she's 
a fantastic artist. And this is going back to the kind of um, themes of inclusion and diversity. So it takes us on a bit of a tour of children's houses around the world. And the details in the illustrations are just stunning. So ever since I was a kid, I've, I've loved a good cross section. So I've got some gorgeous cross sections of like giant castles in Germany or a narrowboat on the Thames in London. And this is a gorgeous picture book. So you could just as easily read it with a preschooler or um, a child who's in year five or six at school will get a lot of valuable information from it as well. So I read this with my six-year-old last week and we must have spent about 10 minutes just looking at this castle and figuring out which room we'd like to sleep in and finding out all these interesting little facts as we as we read through it. So yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful book. I, mm. I love the book and it's just gorgeous. So thank you for introducing yeah. that to us. So yeah. A couple of double gatefolds in it as well. Mm. So it opens right out into this giant long panorama. Yeah, kids love panoramas, don't they? Yeah. And lots of details and stuff. Not just kids. <laughs> <laughs> we all love exactly. details. Yeah. Any book that's got bits that sort of come out or expand or yeah, yeah it's yeah. always a bit more exciting. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's that whole thing about touching and feeling a book and the, the whole tactile part mm. of the book. This year for 2020, the top borrowed author out of our children's stories collection was Roald Dahl. He took out the top six titles with George's Marvelous Medicine, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Twits, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The BFG, The Enormous Crocodile. So obviously, Roald Dahl is a surefire winner for a Christmas gift. Joe, you'd like to tell us a little bit about some chapter books that are suitable for children. Yeah, so I've got a few series because we all know that kids love to read in series and they get obsessed with them and it's really hard to get them to read anything else. Well, that's been my experience with my girls anyway. So younger chapter books, there's a really, really great series called Princess in Black by Shannon Hale and Dean Hale. Um, And so therefore, you're just starting to read on your own. They've got big font and they've got big pictures, colourful pictures. They're not boring stories. They're full of your smelly trolls and your, I mean, I think one of the characters is a goat boy. Um, So the princess in black, her name is Princess Magnolia um, and she's your traditional pink pretty princess who lives in a castle and she has all the things and a beautiful pony but she has a secret life as the princess in black so she solves mystery her pony also has a secret identity and as you go through the series you find other princesses who are like princess buttercup and one of them's called princess in blankets and they all solve these mysteries and stuff so they're really good for your Just learning to read age. Um, My eight-year-old is still obsessed with them and spends her birthday money on them when she finds a new one. And a new one has just come out, which she was very excited to find. She also really loves the Dogman series by Dav Pilkey, which is (laughs) quite hilarious. It is the head of the smartest police dog ever stitched onto the body of the strongest police man ever and together they form like your ideal police person dog man but dog man can't speak so he still 
barks and wolves and things like that and they fight against Petey the cat who is usually the bad guy in the stories and again it's filled with your favourite scatological humour and bad smells and puns and um, and of course Dave Pilkey wrote the Captain Underpants series which is your next step up I think from the Dogman series so it's like it's in the graphic novel form which is that little bit harder to read than the big font of the the Dogman series. I was going to mention uh, Monty's Island too which is a new series by Emily Rodder and we all love Emily Rodder because she's an Australian author. She has such a vivid imagination that she really brings to life on the page. Emily Rodder's one of the favourites of all time, isn't she? She yeah. really is. Yeah, thank you. That's really great recommendation. So, yeah, if you're looking for something for that age group, some books to look out for. Danny, what's your next recommendation? Oh, I've got a few here. I actually asked my girls uh, for their, I guess, favourite books, um, and I have a pile here. So the first one, which actually holds a bit of a special place um, in my heart as well, is called Evie and Pog Take Off. Um, so it's by Tanya McCartney. And the reason why this is a bit special is my, my mother-in-law actually bought this for my Evie and it tells the story of a, a six-year-old Evie and her best friend Pog who is a pug that likes vegetables and tea and reading the newspaper. <laughs> but my Evie's also six and we, we actually sat down and read this together. So it's the story itself, like the book itself is actually three stories in one. So and they're all in chapters, amazing pictures, lots of, I guess, you know, it's really engaging font. It's a weird thing to say, but I think it's engaging font. It's just a, it's just a lot of fun and it's a really pretty book. On that vein as well, with my youngest, she's really into Tashi at the moment. And it, this sort of started where we went to on holidays earlier this year and, and actually listened to Tashi in audiobook form. And she really, really loved them um, and now is actually going through and reading the stories by herself as well. And, and these are good ones because they're a nice kind of, I guess, quick, I say quick 15, 20, 25 minute read that, you know, you can sit there and, and sort of run through. And Tashi himself just seems to find himself in all sorts of trouble with wicked barons and ghosts and demons and dragons and white tigers. And he always has these clever, cunning plans to, to get out of um, any of the scrapes that he finds himself in. So really really good one i think that one's a really good one too because of the illustrations that really break up the text and add to the children's enjoyment of it so it's not just dense text no the pictures are quite whimsical i quite like them Mm. so my oldest gave me a stack here as well so the first one she gave me was real pigeons um which i think this is kind of a bit similar going into your hot dogs bad guys that sort of style of book and it's a it's a group of crime-fighting pigeons that um, go up against the jungle crow. Generally the bad guy on this one, but, you know, they're, they're doing the right thing and making friends and, again, really kind of engaging pages, lots of pictures, and it's just a lot of tomfoolery fun, really. So that's Real Pigeons. And Real what pigeons. age group would you recommend that one for? Oh, you'd probably, you know, six, seven up. Um, they'd probably need some help with some of the bigger words, but other than that, yeah. They'd, they'd be fine with it. I mean, my, my eldest daughter's nine and she's been reading Real Pigeons since they first came out and she loves them. And, since, you know, talking about if spending their money on the books when they come out, that's one of the series that she keeps reading. And, and we're sort of saying, you know, you're getting older now and you need to, you know, let's just move on from these. But she still loves them and I can't I can't just do it to her. No, they're good fun. That's what mine are like with The Princess in Black. Mm-mm. Like she's a little bit too old for that series now, but they're just so good and they're quick reads and mm-hmm. 
she's invested in those characters. So yep. the continuation, and I said, series, you can't get them to read out of it. Yeah, no. so that, that's, I, th- I think you encourage that. You know, there's mm. no reason to rush on. But, yeah, so while they're reading it, just let them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like to stretch yeah, as well. Of course, so, cause of course. It, at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got one standalone one, um, and this is called uh, George and the Great Bum Stampede. It's by Cal Wilson, and, like, Cal Wilson is hilarious anyway. But just there is actually a picture in here, if you get a chance, where basically the children's playground at school is being overrun by bums. And it's literally pictures of it's just little bums running around everywhere. <laughs> there is a stampede of bums in this book. Um, Kids love a good bum story, oh, don't it's, they? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's the idea is that the Peppertons, um, they are a very strange family, very much into science. And I think it's their mum has um, created this uh, like ray gun that can duplicate things. And someone um, actually steals it from the Peppertons, someone very bad, very naughty. And um, there's this... You you know, fight ensues and uh, a bomb accidentally gets duplicated many, many times, hence the stampede. So it's 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 a lot of good fun. It's one of those ones that, you know, reading at night time with my girls, we had great fun with it. It's really good that you can have some fun and laugh and watch them really enjoy stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. It's always fun when they read it to you too and then mm-hmm. they're so busy laughing that they can't get their words out. <laughs> The next one I've got, um, it's an Ando one, and sort of, I guess, talking about a, a, um, a bridging book for me. I found this Wolf Girl, I should probably mention the book. Um, the first <laughs> one's called Into the Wild, and this is a series book. Um, three are out at the moment. Four's just about to come out before Christmas, um, I've been told. But the idea of this one is that you've got the main character, Gwen, who um, ends up being separated from her family and um, ends up in the wild for four years, but she befriends a, a wolf puppy and... and three other puppies and she ends up you know discovering the talent that she didn't realize she had but uh there's some bad people after her and um this one introduced my daughter actually to the cliffhanger she was not happy about that because she had to wait for the next book to come out because she got this when it was new out so um it's a it's a good gateway one into um to go from things like captain underpants and dogmen and hot dog all that sort of thing into a bit more text less pictures and a bit more of a um involved story as well and a bit bit more of a higher level story certainly a transition from the last ando book that i've read (laughs) the weirdo series (laughs) yeah yeah so he also wrote another series golden unicorn is that what it is yeah there's e-boy as well he has yeah and they're they're, i mean they're all equally good but they are quite different Mm. to the ones that he started out with are they funny yeah like the the unicorn one um is a little bit more on your fantasy side like it's getting a little bit more serious or serious um as much as kids do which I think is a perfect segue talking about fantasy yes. and cliffhangers uh-huh. to the Wings of Fire series, which Danny and I both chose to talk about today. <laughs> and I have three daughters, eight to nearly 13 now, and Wings of Fire, they all read them. Um, in fact, the older ones were like, to the youngest one, they're like, you can't read this. It's it's a bit scary and it's a bit violent and it's got this, that and the other. And the youngest one, she's just like, oh, I just skip over those bits. I think that'll probably make her want to read it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the same thing and I think it did. I think she's like, well, you're all reading it, so why can't I? And I have to admit, I have only read the first one. The first one's called The Dragonette Prophecy. The idea being there's these five um, dragonettes that uh, are going to stop a war that's going on and they have the prophecy in the beginning part of the book and Abby knows it off by heart and then has gone to school and taught her friend (laughs) 
off by heart <laughs> to the point where one of them is actually getting wings of fire for christmas and i'm not going to say who it is in case they anyone's listening hope they're not listening but <laughs> definitely the wings of fire is a perfect gift because mm. it does really bridge that gap i mean my 13 year old is fully into them she loves all things dragons and you know when there's a new one come out she's like can we get it can we get it can we have this one can we have the offshoot legends one mm. so yeah it's definitely it's one of those books that is going to grow with the whole age range, I think. And I have to admit, I loved it. As an adult, I would happily read something like that for myself and not just... I read this one and immediately afterward um, read a, a paranormal romance dragon book and then had to admit to my daughter that her dragon book was better than my dragon book. <laughs> <laughs> so wings of fire if you're looking out for a good read. Books make the best Christmas gifts. What books are on your list for Santa? Reach out and let us know at libraries at ncc.newsouthwales.gov.au or look up Newcastle Libraries on Facebook. We'd love to know what's in your Kris Kringle this year. I've got one more and it's a standalone and it is for like your, your more your tween, your older kids um, and it's uh, Fiona Hardy's second book. It's called How to Write the Soundtrack of Your Life. And the first one is called How to Make a Movie in 12 Days and it's the same characters in both books but a focus on the different different characters so this one the focus was on murphy parker who lives with her aunt and uncle and cousins she does have a mum and a dad but her mum skipped out quite early on and her dad has depression so he finds it really hard to look after her when he's having a real depressive funk um and this book is so gentle around the concept of families being different and yeah like the different family dynamics and what it's like to have a parent who has depression her dad's very open about the fact that he has depression like he doesn't not talk about it they always talk through and I think it really helps break that stigma around depression particularly for kids so Murphy she's a very shy kid she has two best friends at school who aren't really very good friends and she's so into music so she expresses herself with music but nobody ever hears it nobody's allowed to hear her music because she feels really exposed if people listen to her and then in music class she's playing on the keyboard and somebody takes her headphones out so that this the sound of her song is played to the whole class and everybody just loves it and she's really surprised really embarrassed but really surprised and then the next day somebody has released that song on I think it's called play play listen or something like that so it's kind of like a youtube thing and so all her classmates come back and say you stole that music from these people and then two other people in her class who she's never really been friends with come and crusade for her so they come in to fight her battles for you and one of the things that my 10-year-old and I really loved about it was that you don't realise until at least halfway through the book that one of those kids is in a wheelchair. They're doing all the things that everybody else does. Yeah, so Emily came to me and she's like, I didn't know she was in a wheelchair. And I said, I didn't know she was either. Like, it really wasn't obvious. And she's such a strong personality in the book that, and it doesn't make any difference, of course, which was just beautiful. And the thing that I really loved about this book was when Murphy turns around to her two friends and she goes, you are bad friends, and then just continues on 
and you know they become good friends at the end but I just love she learns to have that bravery to speak up for herself and of course they do find that somebody else was stealing her music and they solve the the mystery but yeah Fiona Harding she's writing a, a new book with the same characters so I'm really looking forward to seeing that one come out it sounds like a really good book I look forward to actually getting a chance to have a look at it yeah Carol, it might be interesting um, to go through some of what the top books have been at the library this year um, and some of the top authors that we've had as well. So, yeah, definitely. So tell us about what the top authors have been for the younger children this year yes. with the picture books. Yeah, so for picture books, as usual, Aaron Blaby's come out on top with his Pig the Pug series. They're always hilarious. They're always loved. And the other big one um, that we've seen lots of loans on is any book by Alison Lester. Um, she's been writing for about, it must be about 30 or 40 years now. Mm, and absolutely. her illustrations are stunning. Her storylines are gorgeous. And I just don't think you can go wrong with an Alison Lester book. My top Alison Lester book of all time is Magic Beach. And that always makes a beautiful gift, especially for a baby, because that book, you know, it can grow with them yeah. as well. Alison Lester has just got some, there's something special about her books. And a lot of people have used the books in the past and seen them in their their journey so yeah they've been fantastic so yeah yeah and you have a little bit of a story to share with us Marla about your journey with that book yeah so Magic Beach I've had ever since my firstborn was a newborn and so I would read it to her um, very regularly and it's got this beautiful um, repetition through it so it's at our beach at our Magic Beach and it's sort of rolls through um, the days at the beach and it's this juxtaposition between the lived reality and then every second page is they go off into these wild flights of imagination where they're kings and castles, building these sand castles that come to life. Uh, so yeah, I read it to both my children and then um, when my daughter was about two and a half, sadly my um, beloved Nana had a stroke and we went to the hospital to be with her and we weren't sure if she was still with us, whether she could hear us, whether she knew what was going on. And I thought, well, I'll just read to her because she'll be able to hear our voices then and I could do that with my two-year-old on my knee. And I started reading Magic Beach and we got up to the bit where the smugglers were smuggling in crate loads of rum and um, I saw Nana's mouth start to twitch and a cheeky smile came onto her face at the mention of the um, the smuggled rum. Mm. And uh, that was really the last moment that we spent together. So it was so lovely to connect with mm. my daughter and my grandmother through this book that we all loved so much. That sounds like a lovely memory and mm. um, just something very special for you to share. Yeah. Mm. Newcastle Libraries knows the books that make the best Christmas gifts. So you can access some of these stories and more by the Newcastle Libraries website or app. And Joe, you have got anything that you that's your favourite book of all time? Oh, I don't have ugh, I couldn't pick a favourite book, but we do have a family book. So Possum Magic by Mem Fox, which is illustrated by Julie Beavis. My mum has been known her whole life as Poss. Like, it's not her real name, but that's what she's known as. And when it came out in 1983, my younger sister had just been born, basically. And my aunt gifted that book to my mum. 
So we grew up knowing the story of possum magic and how Hush and Grandma Poss went around the country and found all the bits of food to make Hush become visible again. And then my aunt also, she's a, an English teacher and she went overseas and she used that book to teach people about Australian culture and the food, like the lamingtons and the meringue and the Vegemite sandwich, obviously. But then when I had my own children, you know, you go through the state, what are you going to call you? Are you going to be granny? Are you going to be nan? And she's like, I just want to be Poss. And I'm like, well, obviously you have to be grandma Poss. <laughs> she's just like... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's our family story. And since then, they've come out with a Grandma Poss cookbook. And so naturally, that was a gift for her that year. And then the $2 coins with all the Grandma Possums on them. (laughs) So we collected the whole set and that was Mum's Christmas present that year. Oh, how lovely. That's just absolutely beautiful. What a nice story to to end on today. The Nanas are strong in this room. (laughs) They really have. It's funny how the connection between books and nanas and grandmas and definitely yeah so there's there's a nice story flowing along there so yeah thank you so much for sharing that with us today jo. you're welcome and thank you both for coming to the podcast series Thanks and we're excited to um, enjoy books this christmas happy reading <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to books make the best christmas gifts put us on santa's nice list by rating and reviewing this podcast and share it with friends. This has been a Newcastle Library's Real Production. 